Creativity is about vision, seeing something others don't see. Those visions are not always, in fact, they're not usually, artistic. They can be enterprises or services that touch other people. Today, we will meet a creator who writes and turns that passion for writing into a way to help other writers. Stay tuned as we discuss creativity and creations with Carly Land of Colorful Crow Publishing. Welcome to this episode in Season 2 of Dialogues with Creators, a podcast that delves into the lives and thoughts of people in our region who are using their creativity in diverse ways. When we think about creativity, our minds go to the traditional arts, but as far as I'm concerned, that is limiting. In one of the seminal books about creativity, which is entitled Flow, by a gentleman named Mahalier Sixcent Mahalier, and yes, that's a mouthful, and I probably didn't say it right, he spends as much time exploring creativity in the sciences and business as in the arts. You can be creative in any number of ways, and that is what this podcast explores. Today, our guest is Carly Land of Calvary, Georgia. As we move through this conversation, you will understand why I chose Carly, because she is using her creativity to help other creators. Welcome to the podcast, Carly. Thank you so much, Barbara. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I am excited to have you. And this is going to be a little bit lazy on my part, but I am going to ask you to introduce yourself to us however way you feel comfortable, and then I'll follow up with some questions. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as you said, my name is Carly, and I live in Calhoun. Um, I have four beautiful children. Um, I have been writing probably, um, well, my whole life I've been writing, honestly, since I could figure out how to to put a letter on a piece of paper, Um, but really got serious about it several years ago. And that's when I just kind of stepped into the community of writing and, um, and I've not looked back I and mean, I just want to dig deeper, um, and, you know, as I can and, and try to develop that as much as I can. So that's kind of, kind of who I am and where I'm at in life. Great. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some other things you've done in your career? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I actually, uh, went to school. Uh, well, I started school, I wanted to get a nursing degree um, and very quickly found out that um, I really just liked the helping people part. Um, I had to take a medical terminology class and just hated it. <laughs> it was difficult and I thought, man, I don't know that this is what I want to do. And so I switched my major to education Um and, you know, again, it was the, the helping people aspect of it. Um, I went to seminary and, and loved that. I love uh, counseling and, and working with others. And, um, and so really that kind of bled over into why I wanted to get into writing. Um, I feel like writing can be a huge help to others. You can, can kind of write um, therapy, you know, into a book, into a manuscript. Um, but also have a, a fashion for helping writers on their journey as well. Great. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know you'd gone to seminary. That's that's amazing. The 
Well, thank you for sharing that part of your journey because that does help me to understand more about you. And so when you started writing, what were you writing? You know, I wrote, um, I wrote little, little things of a, a child, you know, you write little kids stories and such. And, um, but as I started having kids, the first thing I really seriously wrote was a book about motherhood. Um, and I wrote that when I had my first child who is in her early twenties now, but, um, I set that aside and, um, I didn't do anything with it. And that was the first book that I published in 2014. And, uh, and then I, I, continue to write about, you know, my kids and, and the life of motherhood now a little, but that's more of just for me writing and things that I hope that they'll read one day. Um, and then I write a lot about Alzheimer's. Um, I had a grandmother with Alzheimer's and uh, kind of helped to caretake for her. And through that, uh, just learned so much. And then there's so much to that, that I wish I would have known before I stepped into that world. And so that seems to come out in a lot of my writing. That's amazing. I, you know, we were at the uh, Highlands Writers Conference back on Saturday last week, and I just enjoyed that so much. And the the keynote speaker said something about writing what you know, which is the common advice that writers are given. And, and that's what you're doing because you've had that experience, and I think it gives you credibility. For example, I have not dealt with with Alzheimer's at all or dementia in my family. So it would be not inauthentic, but I would have to do a whole approach it in a whole different way than if if it were something uh, that I had gone through. Now, I, yeah, absolutely. Other things I've gone through that other people haven't. But yeah, that that's amazing. Um, it was interesting, though, in the session I went to after lunch that that question came up again and the speaker said uh, that you you do write what you know, but you also write to learn. So, you know, there's the other side of it too. It's, uh, I thought that was interesting. So yeah, I think there's a, it's kind of like head knowledge and heart knowledge. You know, um, I know of the, I know the heart knowledge side of Alzheimer's and watching that struggle uh, in the face of my grandmother and, you know, but, but I have learned so much, you know, in the, the back of that, on the backside of, of studying and researching and seeing what other experiences, uh, were like, you know, for other people. So, uh, yeah, there's a, a culmination of both. Mm -hmm. And I think whether you're going to write nonfiction or fiction, if you think all you're going to write about is your own experience, you're, you're limiting yourself. So like you say, you found a lot of you know, you have to do the research and the work. Well, that's uh, so great. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, I did not know you had four children. So that tell us about them to the extent that they'd want you to. <laughs> and I can get that. Yeah, four, four babies. Um, two were growing and, and out of the house and living on their own. And um, so that's always a little bit of a heartbreak when, they, you know, you're proud of them and, and you're happy to see them spreading their wings, but, uh, but I still have a, a son that's 17 and a daughter that's 13 at home. So I've, I've got a couple more still in the nest. <laughs> okay. 
the so I'm with that being the case, I'm wondering how you get all the things done that you do because children make up time, especially in their teenage uh, because they have so much going on. So, uh, obviously, you and I know each other as writers, and I met you through the Calhoun, Georgia area writers group. And so we've already kind of talked about how writing became a big part of your life. What do you love about writing? You know, I would say, oh gosh, the freedom of it really. So uh, I am, I'm a textbook people pleaser. Uh, so I tend to spend the majority of my time reading a room, you know, to see what everyone needs to hear. And I think honestly, writing is therapy for that for me. Uh, you know, when you're writing, you, you can't see the face of your audience. Um, so you're literally writing what you want to be heard. Um, and I think that is, is where I feel that love and that passion and that drive is it's very freeing for me. I love that because I can, re I can relate to that so much because sometimes mm -hmm. life is, I think people read it and they're shocked <laughs> because it, it's not my public persona. Or in my case, my persona, it, it's a lot more freewheeling. I feel more freedom on the page. Yeah, absolutely. What do you not love about it, though, about writing? Um, so I think if you ask the majority of writers, they're all going to have the same answer. Um, edits and rewrites. <laughs> you know, I think that I like to be creative in my writing. Um, you know, and revisiting our work kind of distracts from that. <laughs> it's that mundane stuff you have to do on the back end, but that's never fun. That's true. Yes. You know, I, uh, it, I, I've mentioned that book on, right on creativity flow and he talks about two types of creativity and, and it's always, this works in a lot of different fields. One's called divergent creativity, which is the it's the brainstorming kind of creativity. It's the dumping everything on the page type of creativity, getting it all out. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, you're like, where did that come from? <laughs> you and then, then there's the convergent uh, creativity, which is the editing and the culling and the making the choices and saying, no, that's not working and things like that so I, I yeah but i think you're right i think the feeling like you're getting something on the page and it it and it moves you it's so much fun but the other part is going to take up as much time or more so yeah absolutely you know i think uh i think it was albert einstein that said creative creativity is seeing what others see and thinking what no one else ever thought or something like that you know don't quote me on that but um you know it's the the fun part of it of, of we all see the same thing and then we have that creative freedom to to make something of that 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 isn't what everyone else sees but we all have to go back to that process of now it's got to be you know edited and cleaned up and um and i think that takes more than than sitting down and putting it all on paper you know in the first place and so there's that side of it that just uh it can be mundane and and it almost feels like a drudgery but when you get finished with it you have a piece that uh that you can be proud to present 
One uh, one theory of creativity I like is the idea that you put two things together that seem to be very different, and you see how they connect to each other. And I I, I like that idea of creativity too. So, going back to the writers' group, how has your deep involvement in a writers' group influenced you? Because I think you were a kind of a leading force in that group, weren't you? Uh, so yeah, I started the Calhoun Area Writers. Uh, in 2014. So that was after I published my first book. Um, and I did so because my publisher told me that I needed a platform. Uh, and so after a Google search, I found that a, a writer's group is a great platform. Um, Kellen didn't have one. I was already attending Rome. Um, and so I thought, well, I'll just start one. That should be simple enough. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, and then, yeah, our first meeting uh, was small. I think we had about 16 people that joined, you know, via paid membership. And, um, but over the next several years, that group ended up seeing hundreds of writers through, you know, monthly meetings and critique groups and conferences and workshops. Um, but the greatest takeaway, I think, for me probably was the camaraderie that comes with being around people with similar interests and, uh, and then just the, the accountability of having someone ask you about your work. I think that a, a critique group is great. Um, I think it's vital for a lot of writers, maybe not all. You know, there's writers that just want to sit in, in their office and write pretty pretty nonstop. But I think many of us, um, we need a little accountability. So if you have a, a meeting coming up and you're supposed to be sharing the next chapter of your work in progress, there's a little pressure that goes with that. Um, so I think, honestly, it was just a, a mixture, the camaraderie, and then um, that expectation of I need to move forward with my people is, is how that group influenced me the most. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I'm a firm believer in them, but you do have to find a group you trust. And Absolutely. I think that what you all created down there in Calhoun was a very trusting group. Um, you know, the people I've worked with, they they got good critiques from each other and they knew that they were going to get valuable insights and things like that and it um i don't i i guess you're right there are people who don't need it but i think more people need it than they than realize they do <laughs> because i'll um, say i'll say there are some that don't think they need <laughs> right yes um We've had the experience in our writers group, which I won't talk about right now who they are, but I've had the experience we've, we've had of the people coming who really just wanted us to tell them they were great and um, that what they were about to self-publish or whatever was just fine and dandy. And we were just a little, well, <laughs> maybe you need to make And it, some people do not respond well to that, to that feedback. So it's a it's an yeah. interesting it's an interesting um, experience to be in a writers group over time especially and to build that those relationships and to get that feedback I can't imagine not doing it um, over the last ten years or so so yeah absolutely so uh, what are you working on writing wise right now so I just wrapped up. Um, a novel, and it is—it's um, about Alzheimer's. 
Oh, it's about a lady who's a caretaker for her mother. Um, and in doing so, she's had to look back at her childhood and her, her relationship with her father that's been um, pretty broken, you know, and, and kind of what happened there. And she discovers some family secrets and skeletons in the closet. Uh, I've wrapped that up and I'm working on some editing for that. But um, I have moved on to, to another book. And again, it's got that that little touch of, of Alzheimer's in it. Um, but it's a about a lady who uh, the book opens and she's standing in front of a, a house that is on fire um, and so it, it turns out she set the fire but she does have Alzheimer's but there's a lot more to it than people actually realize they think she just clumsily set it on fire but it goes back into it was the home she was raised in and some things that happened there and so that's what that's what I'm working on now what a great opening oh yes you <laughs> know we about this before gotta have a hook in the first chapter oh my word okay so that being the case i'd like to shift our conversation to your newest enterprise which i'm so excited about uh for several reasons tell us everything you want to tell us about colorful growth yeah i love talking about colorful crow uh that is my publishing company um essentially you know through my work with several writing groups, um, I discovered a mad love for helping writers through that writing and publishing process. Um, and honestly, I had the privilege of watching so many debut authors emerge from from floppy manuscripts into beautiful novels on a shelf somewhere. So just kind of being a part of that. Um, I've also watched many writers struggle with the publishing process, um, and especially as the climate of the industry has changed so much over the last several years. Um, so after working with some publishers personally and professionally, um, I did begin to see some gaps in that industry and wanted to do better and, and kind of do right by authors. Um, so I, I think honestly, perhaps one of the greatest of those for me is a, a lack of publicity and marketing, uh, just to throw out an example, um, you know, in publishing, whether self-publishing, hybrid publishing, or going through a traditional publisher, you are absolutely left to do most of your own marketing. Um, and while there is a responsibility on the author to do some some general and especially local marketing, I feel publishers can make connections where maybe an everyday author can't. Uh, and we absolutely have a responsibility to do so on the behalf of our clients. So, um, you know, that's that's one reason we have a creative marketing director on staff, for example, and, and she specializes in those out-of-the-box marketing ideas. Um, but as a publisher, I, I don't make money unless your book sells. So why wouldn't I put a great deal of my effort into selling your book? Um, and when, if, I don't know, if I do this, then it's going to free you up to write more books, um, which hopefully will come back through my publishing company. Wow. That's, that was fabulous because it's, so um, it's so focused on what I have struggled with so much as writer in, in the marketing. And I think that sometimes when we, even when we use, if we have a traditionally published book, we feel uncomfortable with any kind of self-promotion and marketing, which we shouldn't, which, is, which you know, I, I don't excuse myself in that, but we just don't feel comfortable in it. And so the the word doesn't get out. People don't know 
that you know you have to you have to kind of uh, be very repetitive and very aware that this is what you've done. People don't always listen. <laughs> I've noticed. Yeah. So uh, that you're helping people with the marketing is along with the with the editing and the covers and and the input and everything is just amazing. I I'm so thankful that you have done this. Um, I'm so thankful you decided to publish one of my books. Uh, I did want to stop here a minute. You you mentioned your books that you've written. Do you write under Carly Land or another name? So I am writing under Carly M. Donaldson, and that is my maiden name. Okay. I want the listeners to know that. Carly M. Donaldson. Yep, but no D in the middle. D-O-N-A-L-F-O-N. <laughs> like Scottish Donaldson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Not exactly. Great. I did want to make that clear. So, uh, tell the listeners how you came up with the name Colorful Crow, which is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, several years ago, I wrote um, a story about the members of the Calhoun Area Writers. Uh, it was titled My Flock, and I actually shared that from stage. I believe it was our first conference, but it was a story about a crow that felt like she was just kind of too plain for the world. But as she traveled, she met all of these different birds with these brilliant, vivid feathers, and she just really adored them. Um, and I don't want to go too far into the details because that book is in the publishing process. But the moral of the story was that basically we all have something to give. And even a, a plain feathered crow um, can be brilliantly colorful because of the flock that she hangs with. Um, so I think as writers, we can glean something from each person that crosses our path. We just have to be just to be open to the fact that they hold a color that we might not yet have um, and be willing to accept what they're trying to give us. So in all of that, uh, the colorful crow came out. <laughs> oh, that's so neat. And that's so true because one one problem that I've had with uh, writer scripts, for example, is when people will say, well, I don't read that kind of book you're writing, so I I'm, I couldn't, I, I didn't want to critique it. It's like, yeah. well, I understand that, but <laughs> that's, you know, that kind of limiting. You're going to, you're going to limit yourself by not seeing what other people write. Uh, you don't have to become the biggest fan of it, but uh, recently I read a, a, a famous, a couple of famous science fiction books and so I would know more about the genre and it's, you know, I need to read more fantasy because uh, uh, other than Tolkien, I haven't read much of that, but I didn't yeah. go with stuff. So yeah, we have to, we have to be open to other types of genres and things like that to uh, expand as a writer. So yeah, absolutely. Kind of and oh, I'm sorry, but I was just going to say, you know, receiving the feedback from someone who typically wouldn't read your work, you're going to get a completely uh, different different outlook on that. So I think that's always very important. Yeah. So what kind of books are you wanting to publish through Colorful Crow? Do you have a, a vision for that? I'm sure you do, but so what is it? I do, I do. So we do have a, a manuscript wish list, um, and that's on our website, on our submission page. But and that changes for us, but really for the most part, we stick with um, realistic fiction, coming of age stories, 
uh, you know, some of that Southern flair. Um, we love poetry and memoir um, and religious nonfiction. Um, but I think, honestly, I think our biggest takeaway is just the fact that we love regional authors. Um, and so while we do accept manuscripts from all over the world, there is something that's special about working um, within the area that we're located, you know, being able to meet face-to-face, being able to shake hands with a client. Um, and we know the area. We know the resources within the area that are available to authors. And so... Um, most of my team are right here, you know, within an hour, hour and a half drive of where I'm at. Um, and so we just kind of, we eat it up when we get a manuscript from this area. Um, but really, when we take on a client in an area that we aren't familiar with, I do hire someone in that area to do, you know, the research to discover the best way to promote the writer within their area. But I think um, just being able to to promote authors in, you know, northwest Georgia, um, up in the Tennessee Valley, both towards, you know, the Atlanta area. There's just something special about working with people that are so close and, and in the area. I feel like we have a lot of things in common. Right. That's so exciting. Have you had any challenges so far? <laughs> well, okay. Um, so this is a tough one. Um, I think for me, though, the amount of work that goes into publishing can be overwhelming, um, especially when you're small and, and you do desire to treat each client like they're your only client. Um, but this is something that we take pride in. But unless you're moving people through like cow, there just isn't a lot of money in publishing, period. Um, so we we have resolved that as a team. We've got an imprint company and we, uh, we offer author services. We do web design and hosting, running social media campaigns, those types of things that that still are kind of required, even if you're you're self-publishing or or whatnot. But um, and that's kind of where we make our money, and that allows us to continue working with a limited number of clients on the traditional side. Uh, but as you can imagine, it it is a lot of work. So the greatest challenge in that is probably um, balance. And then remembering that I'm a writer too, and not stepping too far away from that because I can get pretty wrapped up in in the business side of things. This is, well, wow, that's yeah, I can't even imagine that would be a lot of work, especially if you have the the other side for the, for the social media and everything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that um, you know, there are. There's so much on the back end, and I think when someone thinks of a publisher, they're thinking of someone who's getting a book in print. Um, but, you know, you you don't just have to be a producer of books. You've got to be a seller of books. And so um, there's a, a whole other side to it and, and trying to network with the, the people who are buying books. You know, you've got to have your name in front of writers, but you also have your, to have to have, I'm sorry, have to have your name in front of readers. Um, and so it's a it's a lot of networking and putting yourself out there and, and kind of an ongoing, um, you know, goal to to really get to know some people that are, are on both sides. Right. What have been your biggest joys in the company so far that you created? Oh, gosh. Um, I think, honestly, I I've been extremely lucky in who I've been able to work with, and that's on the author side. Um, 
you know, authors that are, are patient with the, you know, startup of a small company. Um, but also, you know, I work with some incredible people, um, you know, my illustrator and, and our marketing director and um, an editor and we've got a photographer, just the, the people that I've worked with um, as individuals have been phenomenal and extremely supportive and um, and on board with with what I'm doing, even though, you know, it's something that's new and there's little changes that you make along the way, just being fluid and, and just willing to, okay, we're going to pick up and go in this direction now. Um, and that's been such a joy just to know, um, you know, you've got some people on your side that are rooting for you. I I am just so amazed and so pleased that you are using your creative talents and um, your energy <laughs> to make this happen in our area for those who um, obviously have something worth saying and have something worth reading. That has to be the the big the big if uh, <laughs> for these yeah. times. And you're you're making that happen because you've taken a big step, and and creativity takes a step. I mean, anytime you you try to do something creative, there are going to be people who are, who are going to say nah, or who are critical, or who um, have some problem with. It. So um, it, was, it takes courage, and I like the quote from Maya Angelou that courage is probably the the first step in any of the other virtues you have to be brave yeah. and do it and uh, I I just am so thankful that you have uh, chosen to do this I want to thank you for coming on today do you have anything else you'd like to say no um, just I, I really appreciate you and you having me on here um, very excited that you've got a new book coming out uh, can't wait I cannot wait um, I have really grown to, to love you as a person, um, love you as a writer. I've, I've read some of your other things. So um, I just appreciate that you invited me here today. Well, I was, uh, it was my pleasure and I was excited when I knew you'd be able to do it. And I uh, just want to say bye. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.